Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the Sailorville Church podcast, and uh, we're in a video studio here, and this is the very first time we're using this, right? This is it. Amazing. Is this the... This feels amazing. The inaugural this is video it, baby. podcast in, uh, in our brand new video studio, so same location, different look. Uh, Curtis Johnson and uh, several other people were part of making this happen, and so kind of it's very homey. Yes. Kind of looks nice. Oh, it's super professional with the mics and everything. Yeah, hopefully... Hopefully you can hear us better. It's gonna be great. This is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is it's, I think the kids say it's legit. Now, it's yeah, so. it's too legit, too legit to quit. Is that salt and pepper? <laughs> nope, not salt and pepper at all. <laughs> uh, speaking of salt and pepper, we have uh, uh, had some really great questions in um, mm-hmm. our summer series, our preaching series here at Sailorville Church called "Your Questions, God's Answers," mm-hmm. and uh, man, it's just been fantastic and. Uh, We've, we've got great feedback, and on our staff, we've just really had some great conversations about it. And I really think God is using His Word and uh, His Holy Spirit and people to um, make more people more like Jesus here right now, and maybe even around the world. And who knows when people are actually watching or listening to this, but maybe even into the future through through God's Word and the preaching of the summer. Yeah. So it's been cool to be a part of that. And um we're talking primarily this morning, this uh, during this podcast about a message that John preached recently called. Um, well, why don't you introduce it real quick, and then we'll we'll kind of ask some questions. Yeah. So the message being, why does God allow evil? Mm. Uh, I claimed at least that it was the hardest question, <laughs> or maybe maybe more accurately, the most common question. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I feel like it's probably. Pretty true that, you know, if you were to ask anybody, what is the hardest question for Christianity? That would be at least the first one that they would come up with. Maybe it's not the hardest, but I think it's the most common for sure. Mm -hmm. So you're saying in some ways, the question, why does God allow evil? Or how could a good God allow, you know, bad things to happen to to good people or whatever, whatever version of that question comes out. That's one of the hardest questions for Christians to have an answer to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? that? I do. And I I think I'm going to start off by just saying that I appreciated how you approached it with the two the two different ways, the head and the heart. And we've had a lot of intellectual conversation about it uh because that's the way you think, but I'm not that way. And yeah. so the way that you, the ways that you included the heart side of it really helped me get my mind around that question because you're right. It is especially when you interact with coworkers, when you're out in the world, really truly evangelizing, that's that's what you're going to hear is like, yeah, God's not real because look right. around us. Yeah, I I you have to right. So I'm 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 thinking through how am I gonna how am I gonna tackle this mm-hmm. message because it is so big, and uh, uh, and we made a joke that. Um, pastor, my dad, was like, hey, we really, if you can, get one text uh, and then preach from that one text to answer this question. And Jason's like, look, if 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 the if there was one text in the Bible that could answer this question, it wouldn't be a hard question. Right? That's the point of the whole summer series, right? I mean, we preach verse by verse. We call it expository preaching. Oh, you know, you want to handle a passage and then pull out of that what right. God wants you to pull out of it. But it's, it's, it's difficult in these big questions. Right. So, so I'm like, I spent the first like four days trying to think through what passages I could, what one passage I could go through. And finally, I just went to my dad. I'm like, I got, I got to go like through the whole Bible because there's no way that I can just take one text. And he's like, that's ah, fine. Go for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really you have to, you have to answer it from both sides. Like yeah. you, it can't just be 
I, I think I said this in my message, it can't just be an intellectual argument, right? Because then you will get the, the people who come out there and go, look, my son, my daughter, my yeah. grandma, my, my yeah. someone just died or they got sick. You know, yeah. what does, what does your logical argument do to comfort me? And then on the other hand, you can't just, you know, give them an emotional answer. Hey, be warm and filled because God's good and just run with that. Cause then it's like, okay, you know, even if that helped for a second, that doesn't really give you anything to hold on to, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So you really do have to answer it from both sides and yeah, I think from from my perspective, it's probably I felt guilty of this while I was actually uh, writing the sermon. I felt guilty uh, that my perspective coming at this question is so intellectual because mm. I do enjoy mm. these questions, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, um, and and God, it was almost like an aha moment when I first, when I was like halfway through, just thinking. I think it was like Friday night or something like that, and. Uh, I I broke down. I was actually crying because it was just an aha moment that while, while my instincts were to feel guilty that I only think about this intellectually because I've never experienced by the grace of God, the, the, the heartfelt problem of evil, Mm. right? Like I can't think back to my life and really think through like, man, this is when I've really experienced the problem of evil where it's come at me from an emotional Mm. side. And I felt guilty about that. Like, man, because the old adage, man, God's not going to really use you until he puts you through some suffering. And so you're kind of in this weird position where it's like, Mm -hmm. am I going to, are you going to make me suffer so I can be used, God? And (laughs) and you're kind of in this weird spot. And so I broke down during the week thinking, man, this is actually something that I should just be thanking God for at this moment in my life. Like, Hey, praise the Lord. I, 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 right now, at least I don't have any serious prob emotional problems with evil. And that's not something that I should feel guilty about. It's mm. something that I should just look at the grace of God and go, praise the Lord. This is awesome. God, I don't deserve this, but you've been so good to me. Yeah. So. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of really great things there, John. And just that last two, three minutes, um, sort of a behind the scenes look into preparing to preach. Actually, mm-hmm. my, my favorite comment was I was about halfway through on Friday night, uh-huh. uh, you know, so <laughs> a little late in the game, but sometimes that's the way, that's the way it works. Yeah. And you want the word to, to do something in your life before you mm-hmm. share that with anybody else. And that's mm-hmm. sometimes those are the most effective words and powerful words. Yeah. The other thing you said is, I think it's an important question for Christians to have an answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the answer is, I don't know. But but why is it important to have an answer to some of these really difficult apologetics-type questions, making an argument from the head, the heart, other, other places, um, the argument for God? Why is it important that we have answers to those types of questions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to hear your answer to this too, Curtis, just especially coming at it from really even more so the more emotional side that I'm sure people are really asking at in the Mm. hospital. Mm. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that the simple answer is because that's where our culture is going. Right. I mean that our culture is not their knee jerk reaction is not to believe in the Christian God. Their knee jerk reaction is to not believe in the Christian God. Their knee jerk reaction is to go, yeah, I maybe I believe that God exists, but definitely not the Christian God. Mm. And so we really have to be able to be prepared to give an answer for um, why, not just why the Christian God makes sense, 
uh, but why it is the greatest news of all time. Mm. Right? I was just talking to somebody about this the other day about, about the topic of homosexuality, mm. where you know it's one thing to say we have to be ready to give an answer. It's another thing to be ready to walk someone through how a biblical view of sexuality is the greatest thing for us, mm-hmm. is the most pleasurable thing for us. It mm-hmm. is It is something that we can actually treasure and hold mm-hmm. on to. And so you can take that with the problem of evil as well, you know, where you're looking at this and going, what answers do the world give? does the world give you to the problem of evil? Uh, they don't give you any hopeful answers. Yeah. Christianity does. Yeah. And so we have to be ready and thoughtful as to how we can actually walk through that with somebody. Mm. I think. Yeah, they're yeah. real questions for sure. You mentioned Curtis works at the hospital. You know, it's a it's a super hard job. You're amazing at it, but you probably, like John said, are faced with whether people ask you this or it's just kind of this looming, like why 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 do people get sick? How can mm-hmm. God allow people to get sick? Why is there you know the bigger question is why does God allow evil? Yeah, my emotional side does pull at this question a lot, and it reminds me of something I was just thinking about the other day, where we have this policy at the hospital where, where we're not allowed to point if somebody says where, like, where is the cancer center or whatever? I can't just be like, take those elevators, go down there. I have to actually walk someone there. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it and just how good of a leadership illustration that is, is that as a leader or even as a believer, like someone who's being an example to those, an unbeliever around them, how is my life actually walking through dealing with some of this, hurt and pain and evil that we walk through. And, and that is displayed every day for me. Like when people lose control of their physical health, they go nuts. Mm -hmm. Like the hospital is a nuts place right now, mostly because outside of the hospital is equally crazy. Like Mm -hmm. we all lost control in this last year. Mm -hmm. So much evil, so much like fleshly stuff just went ran rampant in this last year of COVID and the social stuff that went on. And so then they come to us even more like, uh, and I honestly, my mind, I'm in Ecclesiastes right now. And in the chapter seven, Solomon says, the end of a matter is better than its beginning. And I just thought, I don't, I don't have the answer of why, like even in my own head, other than why does God allow anything good? Hmm. My emotional side asks that question. Like Hmm. he didn't have to, he doesn't have to let us have any of the, the good graces that he gives us. But I know that if, I, if God chose this for me, if God chooses to take away my health at any moment, if I am faithful as a believer and I can live that out in front of those around me, like getting to the end of that and getting is going to, you know, a patient spirit is better than a proud is what if Solomon mm-hmm. follows that up with. So if I can just be patient and, and somehow actually not just point to it, but actually live it out in my life, then how good... God is at the end of that. And it's, it's a wild place and you, you do see it everywhere in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I even like what you said, you know, the whole analogy of you can't, don't just point someone to Mm -hmm. it. I'm going, I'm going further with that and saying like when you're, when you're helping someone or when you're, when you're close to someone who is dealing with the problem of evil, like that is oftentimes it's the whole Job approach. You know, what's right. the wisest thing that the friends did? It's it's when they were just with Job at the beginning. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily when they were trying to solve his problems. It was, it was essentially just walking with him, or in this case, obviously sitting with him. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that is because you're right. 
oftentimes, more often than not, we don't know the answers. Or if we do, if we do find some answers, it is just that. It is a tiny sliver of what the purpose of God is doing that he's gracious enough to just kind of reveal that tiny sliver of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, like one of the best things to do is just to be with your friends and be comforting them in that moment of pain and and suffering. Which I ask the same thing you do because we're like the same age. And I say, I haven't walked through a a very deep, deep, dark, like this is evil time of, Mm. of life yet. But when I do, I ask myself the question, like, just like I would roll someone out of the hospital who has had everything taken away from them, but now we're sending them home independently. Mm. They get to go home. They have everything back that they came in with. Will I be able to walk through what, what is taken away that season and come to the end of it and be able to see God's faithfulness through it and be able to, to go out the other end better. Yeah. You're, you're suffering. You're suffering is, God's design. You go through the whole Bible and especially in the New Testament, you're going to see this, this theme of, Hey, you know, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 13, I believe where it says, look, Christ was, Christ suffered outside the camp. He Mm -hmm. suffered outside the city. So therefore let us go unto him. Mm -hmm. You see this whole theme throughout the New Testament that when you suffer as a Christian and you, and you see it through, sometimes even you see it through to death, Mm -hmm. uh, and yet you don't back down, you don't cower down, you don't lose faith. That is that is a one of the greatest evangelistic tools you can have for the outside world to say, even when I suffer, even when evil happens to me, even when pain happens to me, even when death happens to me, uh, Christ is better. Mm. Again, so it goes back to this whole idea of giving somebody the bigger hope, mm-hmm. like the actual answer to, to life, which is Christ is better. He's mm-hmm. better than everything else. Mm-hmm. He's better than your desires. You, what you think will satisfy you, so good. your good life. And John, I, I think a very personal illustration of that in, in people's lives is this, uh, the suffering that they go through. And, and everybody's listening to your message and even to this podcast thinking evil, that's, that's like this massive thing, right? But how does evil affect me? In many ways, evil affects me through what I would call suffering. Hmm. And so your, your quote, like God allows, God allows evil, right? And may, maybe we can substitute suffering in some ways. God yeah. allows suffering mm-hmm. so that against its backdrop, right? This is how you defined it. Uh, God's perfect character can be on full display. Yeah. I love that. God allows, because he, he can, he's sovereign, he, he causes, he yeah. allows, he allows evil, suffering, what mm-hmm. we may call bad sometimes, although that's subjective, right? Yeah. So that against its black, dark background, the diamond illustration, which was great, mm-hmm. um, his perfect glory might be on full display. It took me right back to when I bought Meredith's diamond ring, our engagement mm-hmm. ring, her engagement ring, you know? Mm-hmm. And you walk into any jewelry store, and it's it's a, all those all those gems, all those stones, all that that jewelry is up against a dark background, so yeah. that the diamond, whatever you're buying or looking yeah. at, uh, appears more glorious. Yeah. It isn't more glorious, right. but it appears more glorious against the black backdrop. Yeah. It's really good, and I think about that in my own life in the area of suffering. Mm-hmm. My suffering allows God's character, if I respond well, allows God's character to be shown as great as it really is. Which may be better than any argument you could ever have with a person one-on-one yeah. hmm. to the unbelieving person or to the person who's, who is asking that question. If you live it out well, yeah. what else? Yeah. yeah. 
I think that's a really important point. So you said that the diamond, even if it's not against a black backdrop, does not lose any of its mm. value, right? And that's something that is often overlooked mm. with like this whole idea of even the fact that we exist, right? So God, in and of himself, did not does not need us to exist, right? We oftentimes think that it's like, well, God just needed humans to worship him. So that's why he created us and, you know, all these things. It's not true. God was completely satisfied within mm -hmm. the completeness and the fullness of the Trinity. Like mm -hmm. he, he was completely loved. He was completely free. All of these things were true. So if that's the case, then the only reason why a universe exists or creatures exist or, or humans exist is not for him necessarily, but for us. It's for our good, not for his good, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. It's so that we can get something out of it, which is him, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. and, and he's getting the glory. And it's not because he desperately needs us in that way. So again, this whole, and the only, and my whole argument sermon um, was to point out that that black backdrop of sin is actually the most loving thing for us because it's mm. the it's the only way uh, that makes it possible for us to be able to have that relationship with him. Um, yeah, because any know. other way of thinking about it puts me at the center. Right. Right. So either God is at the center or someone or something else is probably me. And, and each of the, each of the little points that you walk through the, the heart and the head, those two big time answers and categories of answers, each of them really pointed back to the glory of God. Hmm. You know, God allows evil so that his glory Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And so you pointed us back to that every single time. God has to be at the center, and that is the greatest apologetic. Is like you said, when when what I might call or what someone else might call is they're watching my life. Something bad happens to me. How do I respond? Is it about me or is it about something so much greater than me? Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really helpful. Hmm. I have a wild card thing that just popped into my head that I kind of want to ask you about. I've I've worked with a lot of people. Um, and I've looked at someone and just said, they're like, I wonder if they're like just straight up evil, like mm. even to the point of demon possession or whatever it might be. Sure. But how, how as believers, cause I'm sure I'm not the only one that has thought that how, how. How do you address We should have added this to the questions for this summer, this series. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you, he's about to ask should have been something we covered. Think, how do you process that? How, what, 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 how do I process that looking in the eyes of this person and being like, this is straight up evil? Like, no, I, I think that's a really good question. Actually, a couple months ago, uh, oh, I good. did not get to exercise. I love somebody, a story. But, <laughs> but a couple a months story. ago, it's Charity our, our, uh, on staff here. You guys obviously know Charity. And she hands me a, a, I can't think of what it's called, a sticky note. Yeah. And it just had, it was like <laughs> some guy's name, his number, and it just said, painted by a witch. <laughs> I was like, what in the world does this mean? I still have it in my office, actually. And Charity's like, yeah, I got off the phone with somebody, and he's like, says that he's been painted by a witch. I don't know what that means. And if that's you, that, that it's called, we yes, love you, we, we care about you, you, we want we you to want come you in and talk with us, of course. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> we care about everybody that calls, no matter where the story's going. We love you. Thank you for calling. God loves you, too. John, go ahead. Uh, it was great. <laughs> And either way, so these are real stories, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. These are real stories. And uh, 
<laughs> who was it? I was just, I was just, I was in a, I was in a counseling session with somebody hmm. and, uh, and we were talking about, and this is so true. And if you've ever witnessed to somebody, you know, this is true. And, and if you don't witness to people, if you're listening, this is, this is like a key to evangelism is looking at somebody in the eyes and sharing the gospel with them, looking at them in the eyes and telling them about the love that Jesus has for them and the hope that you're offering them through the gospel. Because in our eyes as Christians, we have hope. Mm. We have true love and satisfaction that, that we, we are not, we're not offering to somebody. We're offering the good news to them so that they could accept God's gift, right? Um, and in that moment, it is very supernatural. So again, it is more emotional than it is logical in, the, in that sense. But mm-hmm. you do really get that sense when you're looking at somebody in the eyes mm-hmm. with your, with the eyes of a Christian being love. And, uh, and you can really sense like this person is, there's something off about them. And you can see the anger in their eyes. I mentioned the man who, uh, at the beginning of my message who said, look, this God, if he exists and he is a He's definitely not a good God. He's an evil God, and I would never want to spend eternity with him. Oftentimes, it was a little bit of both in the sense, like I looked at him, and he would look at me with like emotion because we did care about each other. We were friends, um, but so often it was just like, especially when we get into like the the, our, the the topic of evil, he would just get flames in his eyes, yeah. and he would just yeah. be so angry. At that moment, you're human. I mean, you can't do anything. You can't save anybody anyway. So you literally just, you do, you you give them the powerful message of reconciliation and then you just leave it. Like, what else can you do? Mm -hmm. God's the one who raises Lazarus from the dead. He's the one who awakens dead souls. So we can't do anything about that, you know. We're all, and you can take it a step further, that is all of us, right? I mean, we are evil uh, before we know Christ. It's not just you know, those people out there, it's every single one of us yep. that, that is absolutely the definition of evil. Uh, you know, we've rejected God. That is what evil is. It's a rejection of God. Um, I think that that's is, a great point, John. If yeah. I can just jump yeah. in, we, we sometimes assume that there's evil and there's everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there is no such distinction. We, we, for all of sin, fall short of the glory of God, right? Yeah. Sin, sin is just evil in, in a different word, right? It's sometimes things we choose, sometimes things we don't choose, we're, we're, we're sinning. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, we are all evil. Now, some can be controlled a little bit more, swayed a little bit more, uh, nudged, urged by evil a little bit more. As mm-hmm. Christians, we should never be controlled by sin or evil. We're indwelt. The Spirit lives inside of us. And so there isn't room for the Holy Spirit to fill us and evil to fill us at the mm-hmm. same time. So um, it's a great question. I think at its bare minimum, we're all sinners. We all have that in us. It's just how much do we choose to feed that sin, yeah. and how much do we choose to um, to let our lives over to be controlled by the Spirit and controlled yeah. by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think I I made that point in the sermon where you know if whimsically we at we we say the statement man i just wish that god would just get rid of all evil and if that was the case he'd be getting rid of all of us mm. right so that's why we have to we have to you know look for the answer in jesus so yeah yeah john i want to just drill down on a statement that you made that has kind of come up um in conversations maybe this summer and and before this summer too but uh as i was preparing to speak and and just in different 
little relationships that I have as well. It just keeps coming back, and I think it's so important. God doesn't want us to depend on an answer from him. He wants us to depend on his character, mm-hmm. right? God doesn't want us to depend on an answer. He wants us to depend on his character. So our little guy Judah the other night, you know, he's praying. We, we've had a couple storms here recently, and he's he was, you know, scarred for life by the derecho about a year ago he saw a trampoline like get folded up like a taco in the backyard and everything and so he every time it rains or cloudy or storms or anything he's really nervous and so he was praying that there would be no tornado you know and, he, and so he gets done and he says is god going to answer my prayer yeah. and it's a great question from like a seven-year-old that you know adults actually have that question too yeah. is god is god going to answer my prayer and so in that moment this is like real practical here i think where you're going you've got a decision as a parent to say, we're going to focus on the answer. And you could even say something like, well, God always answers prayer, which he does. Yes, no, maybe, wait, whatever. Or you can say, God is going to answer it. But instead of relying on the answer or depending on the answer, what we're going to do is remember that God is good, Mm -hmm. that God is loving, that God is gracious, Mm -hmm. that God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. And whatever he allows, God is still those things. Mm -hmm. Let's not depend on the answer and it's usually the answer we want, right? right. That's what we're actually looking yeah. for. Instead, let's depend on what is. Yeah, Just such a great thing in my mind that's just kept coming up and um, in conversation in my own heart. Like, am I depending on an, on, a, on an answer or better yet, a specific answer? Right. And if I don't get that answer, it it's over. Yeah. I'm, I'm turning away, you know, or am I depending on God's character itself. Right. I just, I feel like that's something that I've just been, that God's been like hammering it in my brain for the past, like two, mm-hmm. three years is like from, you know, getting it from godly guys like Piper, John Piper and like Stephen Lawson and these guys who are just mm-hmm. so adamant about God's, God does everything for his glory, not because he's selfish, but because he's He's acting in a loving way because what we need most is it's him. him. Mm. Yeah. And, and and so, yeah, it always ends up going back to the character of God, looking back and going, okay, well, who is God? God is holy. God is faithful, which is one of the points that I made. And, and if he is faithful and loving then and good and wise, then, yeah, I mean, whatever the outcome is, that's what I can hold on to as my anchor. So, yes, it is, it is a heart answer, which is what I gave it, but it's also a head anchor as well. Like you can hold on to that in the sense where it's like, that's true. And so I will hold on to that as an anchor. Like God is faithful in the midst of the suffering or evil or whatever it is. Yeah. I think when I thought of it, when you said that it made me think of our situation with Lisa and I and not being able to have children. And so there is that evil element that maybe I don't even always recognize, but it, it, it is because of sin that our bodies let down or Mm -hmm. don't work properly. Right. Mm. And so while we pray for a very, very specific answer in this, in this instance, um, it's not about that answer. It's more about what I'm learning about who God is and who he's giving. He's giving me himself to be able to sustain through that. And, um, but I, I don't know that I would have even always naturally thought of that as a evil situation, but, it it is. I mean, in a sense, it's a it's a it's a repercussion of our sinful bodies. Yeah. It's a natural evil. Curtis yeah. is making like a really good theological point here, I think, and it let's not let's not let it go by. Right when when we pray, when we pray well, mm-hmm. 
we're we're really relying on God's character. We're depending mm. on God's character. Right. Maybe when we're praying for a specific answer and we're dependent on that answer, on whether or not we're going to love yeah. God or not love God or follow God or not follow, trust or not trust, maybe that's a problem, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of praying for a specific answer, we do need to pray specifically. Yep. Keep doing that, right? Yeah. But let that prayer reveal our absolute dependence on the God who provides the answer. That should be what good prayer, there is such a thing, right? A good prayer really does for us. It draws us into dependence uh, on God himself. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It also, uh, yeah, I think it just, you look at somebody's prayer life and you see their faith, and I think the two are, and so it, it is such a balance because, we, we know that God hears and answers our prayers, and so I do want to pray specifically, but in in the ways that God wants to give himself to me, I don't even know sometimes what I need, <laughs> and that's the really hard part. In in the midst of the evil, in the midst of the sin-like warped world, I'm, I'm asking God, like, what am I supposed to learn in this mm. about who you are? And it's it's just a good spot to be as much as it hurts you you wouldn't want to be anywhere else Mm. you wouldn't maybe that's why god allows those types of things in our lives because his ultimate desire is his glory Mm. um so he allows things puts things into our lives causes things in our lives that when we respond well we depend on him which gives him glory why does a building fall in the middle of florida in the middle of other than for us to walk away and say if God wills, you know, today, right. today might be the day it might not. Like, yeah. I didn't think that until that building fell. That and, and, I mean, that and a million other things exactly. that we're not aware of. Right. Yeah. So yeah. how do we, okay, how do we as Christians prevent that from just being a cliche? Well, I'm not sure, but God allows bad things so that his glory is uh, shown to be greater. You know, when people ask us real questions, why did my grandfather get cancer? Why did my kid die? Why does, mm. you know, the stock market crash? Why does a building fall down in Florida? Well, so that God would get, would, so that people would see that God is glorious. Yeah. How does that not become just a real short, curt, you know, cliche kind of answer? Yeah, I think going back to what we said earlier, I do think that you really do have to ask the first question, which is, is this an emotional question or is this an intellectual question? And that's going to determine how you answer the question, right? So, I mean, if it if they are up front and they're just like, yeah, I mean, I'm just curious. I just want to know. Hmm. Then you can sit down and walk through them, hmm. through with them, you know, what the, what the logical yep. head answers yep. to those questions yep. are. And I think if, if they're coming at it from a purely emotional perspective, right. that's where you take the pointing illustration of mm-hmm. the doctor. That's mm-hmm. where you that's where you walk along with them. You share simple truths with them. You love on them. And you don't just leave it there, I don't think. I think that eventually you do have to give them something to hold on to, right? Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's where you start. I think you I think you start with Look, this is a this is whether you can see it or sense it or not. This is a faithful God. This is a loving God. Yeah. This is a wise God. And if that's the case, then while it may not feel like it right now, um, maybe they just need a hug, <laughs> you know. And what Curtis said earlier, living that out consistently. If you have a if it's a friend, you have a relationship with them or somebody that you're going to see often. Living that out in your own mm-hmm. life is a really strong apologetic, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's really hard. We're I think as humans, we're just scared of the process. That's what hit me in Ecclesiastes when Solomon said that. Like to get to the end, I have to be okay with the process. Mm-hmm. And that process is what gives us the heebie-jeebies or makes us another good theological word there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or 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 makes us discontent. Uh, yeah with what's in front of us. And and young adults, working with young adults has really taught me this myself, is that we we just sometimes want to get out of the season God has put us in and what mm. he has seen fit in his sovereignty to put in front of us. But yet how good it is and how... Yeah. And you're right, like how you respond to that person is going to be different at different times in where they are in that process, right? Because the head, the head ultimately, if... if Somebody comes to you and is like, this evil is in my life, so I am actually like doubting God for right. who like that's a whole nother conversation than like j- this just hurts. Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, great point. Yep. Great point. Fantastic point. Yeah. John, give us a like a final word, close us up here. Um, tell us one more thing we need to remember or yeah. maybe summarize or whatever, and then we'll then we'll finish this this week up. Yeah. I I do think that one of maybe not not often overlooked but when you when you when you ask this question uh you know you can either give the comfort you can give the head questions but something that maybe is sometimes overlooked is is the idea that heaven is the end game or the mm-hmm. new the new heavens and the new earth uh, um because when and this may be hard to tell someone in the moment mm-hmm. uh maybe not maybe this would be extremely comforting to someone who's who's really hurting but Man, I mean, all of our suffering here on Earth will feel like a dream, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're on year fifty thousand in <laughs> in the new heaven and the new Earth, and it's like, yeah, I do, yeah, that did happen to me. It does feel like a a, a dream in that sense, and it would be similar to waking up from a dream where you go like, yeah, that did in the moment. That really was painful, but like. You know, we've all had those moments where you do wake up and you're like, "Oh my goodness, thank goodness that was, <laughs> that's not happening right now." Yep. You know, and yep. and I think that's that's true in in uh, in heaven. And I think that uh, um, you know, C.S. Lewis's old line that once he gets to heaven, it's it's one of his first words are going to be like, oh, "Of course," yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that we will have a fresh perspective on everything, and we're going to have a much more clear view of, man, this is what God was doing. This is why God allowed everything. Now, I, I specifically believe that we'll just continue to build upon that in heaven for all of eternity, because mm-hmm. I think that God's an eternally powerful and wise God, and so he has the capability of allowing us to continue to learn about him for all of eternity. Uh, but I do think we'll have a very, very uh, much better, I don't know if I phrased that right, <laughs> <laughs> understanding of who God is the second we enter into heaven, yeah. and a lot of our questions will be yeah. answered. Yeah. yeah. So heaven is for believers, those who have put our faith and trust in, in Jesus Christ, right? His death, mm-hmm. his burial, his resurrection. Um, that's not everybody. That's, mm-hmm. that's probably not even everybody that's listening or watching this. Yep. And so, you know, if you, if you don't catch anything else that was said uh, today, or if you, if you walk away forgetting everything, remember this, that, that God loves you. He mm-hmm. provided a way for your salvation and the great hope now and, and for all eternity is, is Jesus Christ and spending eternity in heaven with him. Yep. And um, if you want to know more about that, leave us a comment wherever you're consuming this podcast or if you're in town or whatever, swing by and we'd love to connect with you and um, have some further conversations with you. So, yep. John, thank you so much. Curtis, thank you mm-hmm. thank very you. much. And uh, thank you folks for being a part of this Sailor Church podcast this week.